This is episode 57 of the Creative Giant Show. This is what to do when you've got too much to do. So here's what happens sometimes. You commit to a few things, and then life intervenes and throws a few more things on your plate. And it can sometimes get away from you. You feel like, how am I going to do all of this? What do I need to let go? How do I handle my own sort of expectations for what I'd be able to do? That's what we're talking about today. And to be clear, this isn't a theoretical thing. I, Charlie, am going through some of this right now, as is Angela, who's going to be joining me on the other side of this jam. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome to the Creative Giant Show, where we go behind the scenes about what it means to live a life full of creative and professional success. Creative giants are talented, renaissance souls with a compassion-fueled bias towards action. Now, here is your host, Charlie Gilkey. All right. What to do when you've got too much to do? I'm joined today by Angela Wheeler. You've heard her before, so go ahead, Angela. Hi. It's great to be here with you again. We've been bummed because Angela has been sick for like, what, three weeks now? Yep, almost. Three, four weeks. And so and Angela has a chronic illness such that when she gets sick, it's not like like I might get the sniffles for three days. She's waylaid for like three weeks or a month. And um, so in case you hear something in her voice or in case she gets to hacking over there, <laughs> um, that's what's going on. I promise I'm not a slave driver. We've been holding off, but she's like, I can do it. And I'm like, all right, let's give it a shot and see where it goes. I'm feeling much, much better, but I may sound like I'm underwater at times. <laughs> yeah. Um, being underwater. Isn't that the, the theme of the day show anyway? Actually, it kind of is. So perfect. <laughs> perfect. All right. So for setup, um, I mentioned in the in the lead in that um, I'm currently got quite a few things on the plate. And that's not unusual for me. I've always got a bunch of irons in the fire. But in this moment in time... Um, it's pushing that edge of what I can do and what I've got to let go of and what I've got to triage. So just as a overview, it's like we've got everything going at Productive Flourishing. So that's all of the coaching and advising and speaking and writing and, you know, just sort of um, captain stuff that goes along with that. So there's that. that there's that. There's um, the book proposal for Start Finishing. Um, and I'm going to riff off of my buddy Todd's statement that every book is a startup. And it's such a wonderful way of thinking about it. And trust me, a mainstream published book is a startup. So you've got to get involved. you got to do all those things there. Um, let's see. I've got the captain work that I'm doing to help tra- uh, help live your legend transition. And then um, we are just about to um, announce a joint venture that um, Jeffrey Davis from Tracking Wonder and I have been working on for a long time. That's a lot. And we just brought on two new teammates. Oh, and we just brought on two new teammates. And we happened to make a transition to Rainmaker, which was um, supposed to be easier. I should know better. I know I should know better because tech projects (laughs) always take longer. And I advise clients on that all the time. I know I should know better. And it's taking longer. And so we have all of that going on. Um, And then Angela's sick, which... You know, normally the way we work, if you listen to, I don't know which one of the episodes that we're like, but the way that we work, we share a lot of responsibilities. Yeah. Um, it's both in the business and on the personal side. So when she's out, like either that stuff doesn't get done or I've got to kind of slide over and help out with that. Um, what else? Is there anything else major going on? I'm sure there is. And I just can't even think about it right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I always wonder, I'm like... Why does it feel like, oh, man, I got a lot going on until I actually list it all. I'm like, oh, yeah, we got a lot going on. We do. Um, So 
we were having a team meeting. What was this? Two weeks ago. I think it was two weeks. Yeah, it was. It was right when we recorded the last one about what we were pull what we were going oh. to pull off mm-hmm. for November mm-hmm. um, to get off the plate and so to get off of our, our our team plate. And I don't know that anything really major changed. I think the rainmaker thing like was a little bit harder. Now to be clear, now that we're in the middle of the transition, I love rainmaker. I love what we're able to do with it, and I'm really excited about the library that we're building. So I'm not trying to to beat on Rainmaker and say that it's Rainmaker's fault or it's just that when you have a, um, when you have a brand where you spent, we spent a lot of money to really hone the, the PF brand and the look and the feel of it. And when you go back to a tool where it doesn't allow you to do all that as easily, and you've got a hack together theme that doesn't work with it, like you end up with a site that for some people might look okay, but you're used to, you're used to your brand. You're used to the way that it looks and feels. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, we're just doing some rebuilding on that one. Um, yeah. And then you have to add to that. I mean, we talked about all the projects, but each part of, well, each project has other many, many projects within it. And even just with the one you're talking about right now, you know, you've got to talk to a designer. And so we're doing meetings, communications, all kinds of things amidst and within all of these projects. Right in November, which is a three work week month. Yes, it is. So I'm setting all of that up because there are sometimes like when you when you talk about productivity and effectiveness and time management, like when that's your stick, people think you've got it all figured out. Like, oh, it must be easy for you. Like you just get it. And um, you know, <laughs> the thing about it is, is I'm really good at helping clean up like creative messes because I'm making them all the time. <laughs> I'm just in the <laughs> middle of them. Um, and so we're going to kind of talk, talk through how we work through this. Um, how, um, you know, Angela brought up a good point. Cause we're like, where are we going with the show? One was just around gentleness and, and self care, which I know we've talked about. We don't need to do self care part two or part duh. Right. <laughs> um, so we don't necessarily need to do that, but I think that's one key message. The other is how to actually do the triage. Yeah. Um, and there was a third one that you mentioned. Getting out of it. Oh, getting out of it. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's start with the whole self-care thing. It's not going to be self-care part two. No, it's not. But it is more about being gentle with yourself more so than, I mean, it is self-care, but it's being gentle with yourself. I mean, it's incredibly easy to start beating yourself up when you realize you've taken on too much and you're disappointing people or projects that are really important to you are falling by the wayside. It's incredibly easy to add to that stress by beating yourself up. And I think that that's one of those things that we need to be real about. You know, it's not just that you do it or just that I do it. Everybody does that. And it's not helpful. It's not helpful. Um, I think I wrote a post back in April called... um the story about the work is more takes more energy than the work or something like that. Because, mm-hmm. you mean, imagine a Venn diagram. I wish I could draw in front of you so you could see it. So you've got the big, the big, um, so, well, you've got sort of in the smaller part of that, you've got the work, right? And then it's contained by the story about the work, right? And that bigger circle, that story about the work is so much bigger than the work itself. Because the thing about it is, for the most part, you only have a certain amount of creative and productive energy throughout the day, right? 
And when you get down to it, like that email that's dragging you down or, you know, that, that whatever you got to send, like you work on that. Actually, the way I like to think about it is that works on you when you're not working on it. Mm -hmm. Right. And the second thing about getting up to your limit or over your limit of capacity is you end up in the sliding project cascade where one project gets behind and so another one gets behind and so another one gets behind and you spend so much time shuffling projects. It's like, oh, crap, I'm going to be behind on that one. And then it's like the domino effect. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, man, that's going to be a problem. So between sort of you're like, like, why shouldn't I? Why I should be done with this. And I even though I don't like I don't actually like have a checklist on my desk. I love the mental check off the block, like done, done, done. I love done. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have that and then you have the sliding project cascade. It's just pain in the butt. Right. Um, and just yeah. understand that. Um, I think there are two ways to think about this. For instance, with the Rainmaker migration, I'm a bit more frustrated about that than say, um, this stuff that's popping up with the joint venture with, with Jeffrey and with Jeffrey and I, or with live your legend, because I kind of got into both of those. Yeah. Right. Or I got into both of those. And, and to be clear, both of them are fantastic projects. Great people love the work that I'm doing there and just stuff keeps popping up. And so there's sort of those, those unknown unknowns that pop up. Mm-hmm. So there's one level where it's like that you could be really, it's really easy to be compassionate with yourself on that. Cause it's like, there's just stuff popping up. You can't change it. You roll with the punches, right? Um, you, you throw those high fives out there as you can, and you keep trucking. And then there's those, you know, projects where, like, you knew better. Like, <laughs> you should have scoped it more. Like, there's things that you could have done where, like, you know, we, we have a standing rule around PF that, like, it's it's more the standing rule that the, that the rest of the team has when I come to want to switch something is to always mm-hmm. remind me that it's going to take longer than I think it's going to take. Mm-hmm. Um because of just it's a tech project sometimes people don't mentally shift as fast as i do um sometimes they're anchored in like the particular tool that we're using and even though they hate it they want to stick with it right um <laughs> uh, so there are things like that so that is like that one i'm i'm not as um i'm not as gentle about with that one because it's like i knew better i mm-hmm. picked it up i could have set it down you know yeah well yes you you knew better because you've seen these types of projects before, um, and there are always more steps than you anticipate, even though you've anticipated more steps than you really think. There's mm-hmm. still more out there. And we're in it. We've done it. We're doing the best we can. And It's totally understandable to have those feelings and to have that frustration towards yourself. But what's it, where is it getting you? Exactly. What is it doing for you? Exactly. Yeah. Um, And that's the thing. Like, the challenge when you get to the point where you're running full steam, and I never, you know, I never really recommend people do that. There's the, um, work at 80%, um, mm-hmm. 85%, um, focus with 15% capacity left over, things like that. We know as a logistics planner that that's like just the right thing to do. You never want to plan for using a hundred percent of your capacity. That's a, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And you're always going to have the project shuffle and things like that. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason that is, is 
that 15% a lot of times is perspective time. It's reactive time. It's margin time. So that when you're involved in the project and you're starting to feel that frustration, so that when your things aren't going the way that you thought, like you have enough time to pause, mm-hmm. to take a walk, to get some coffee, to get some tea or whatever you need to, and really think about the situation and say, you know what? I chose that. Mm-hmm. And... I chose, for instance, um, I don't want to keep going back to sort of, you know, the projects, but it's easier than talking to general. Like with the Rainmaker thing, like a few weeks ago, I was like, I know that we can hang around and not fix the website for another, you know, three weeks. And then three weeks over this, over the holiday breaks becomes it's mid January. Mm-hmm. And then we're still sort of like not building the library out. We're still not engaging in the way that we want to engage that we can now do. And I was like, I want to go ahead and move that now. The site's going to be fugly, right? It's it's not going to be what we want, but I'd rather get us building stuff that matters. I'd rather get us getting resources to people now mm-hmm. than mid-January. Yeah. And even if that means there are going to be some longer days and nights. And now that those are those longer days and nights, it's like, ah, it's too much. What happened? I'm such a fool. But it's like, you don't have that, that 15% sort of margin perspective time to be like, you know what? No. Yeah. This was a choice. It's going to be okay. It was the right choice. Let's drive the hell on. You know? Yeah. And that's just what we're saying about the story versus the work. The story versus the work. Having mm-hmm. that story that, you know what? We chose this. It's the right call. Things are a little busier right now. Everything's okay. Pulls down that bigger circle of story. Mm-hmm. to more closely match the work. And I'm like, I got 30 minutes today to work on the website. Yeah. That's all I got. I'm going to do it. It's fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing that I try to remember at times when I'm getting upset or frustrated with myself is, would I be this hard on one of our other teammates? Right? hmm And when that's going on in my head, the answer to that is no. It's always a no. I'm harder on myself than I would be with you Mm -hmm. or with Shannon Mm -hmm. or with another teammate. And that's an important thing to keep in mind, right? Like we have to treat ourselves well. We're we're our most important asset. Yeah. I was giving a workshop the other day. And um, I was talking about riding the donkey, right? (laughs) This is a terrible metaphor and also a very good metaphor. Hey, you know, what are you going to do? And sometimes the the terrible (laughs) ones are the great ones. But it's like, if you rode a donkey as much as you ride yourself, it would be inhumane, (laughs) right? It would just be inhumane the way that you ride that donkey, how long it is, the way that you beat the donkey, those stories that you tell about the donkey. Like, it would be just inhumane. Yet... We do that to ourselves. Yeah. You know? Um, So, you know, ride yourself like you would. I'm not going to go any further than that. That, (laughs) That's not going to end up well. (laughs) Um, That's going to go badly. Very, very badly. Um, Yeah. Just recognize that um, you're not a computer. Mm -hmm. You're not a robot. Um, You can't work 24-7. You're human. Stuff comes up. Those emotions that you know, drive action towards you doing great things are also sometimes the ones that can keep you from doing those great things yeah. because of that story and that narrative that you keep telling yourself. Yeah. And so, you know, we wanted to hit that first. That the first point is really to get clear about your story and to find that source of 
compassion and to remember the donkey, right? If you remember nothing else. <laughs> Don't let her ride that donkey. Anyways. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. But yeah, so, okay. So the first thing, right? Talking about being gentle with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you've realized you're in a position where you've overcommitted and we've all been there. And even though we know better, I guarantee you we're all going to be there again at some point. Mm-hmm. It just, it happens. Mm-hmm. So remembering to be gentle with yourself. And then the second thing we wanted to talk about is when you're in that place, when you're overcommitted, how do you communicate with people about, hey, I'm overcommitted right now, and this is what this means for what I'm doing with you or the relationship I have with you or the work we're doing together. What, is it, what does that look like? That's That can be really hard. Is this one of those, like, teach the thing you most need to practice moments? It kind of is. Damn it. <laughs> um, so here's what we do in collaborative projects and collaborative things like we're afraid to admit that things aren't going to go or we assume despite the contrary evidence that you've been able to work eight hours a day and you're behind already we assume that like now that your time has gotten compressed now that those projects have gotten compressed that you're going to be able to like use some what i call dunkirk spirit right to overcome that and finish it on time Mm mm-hmm very worst thing that you can do, mm. right? Very, very worst thing that you can do instead of saying, hey, I'm running a little bit behind. <laughs> I think that I might be able to hit it, but I'm not sure that I am. <laughs> I just want to let you know, here's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, is it okay if we switch the deadline? Like, what are the priorities? But just being clear about that, because the worst thing that you want to do, and I know because... You know, I happen to have that happen on one of my projects because things slipped on me, right? Is for someone to be sitting around waiting when they could have been helping you Mm. and you didn't say so. Yeah. And then you're all behind just because when it comes down to it, it's ego. When it comes down to it's ego and you want to say, I am capable of doing this. Mm -hmm. I am capable. Like, I don't need help. Mm -hmm. When really you do. I love where you went with that. And it wasn't it wasn't what I was expecting in a good way, because that asking for help, right? For some of us, we've like we've exercised that muscle very well mm-hmm. and we're really good about being proactive and asking for help. Then for others of us, it is incredibly difficult to ask for help. Can you talk, I mean, can you talk a little more about that, about yeah. what what that's looked like for you, for your clients, for our team? I mean, just yeah. anything. So it's funny that you use the word exercise because hum- it's a homophone. So some of us have exercised that muscle in the sense that we've used it. Mm-hmm. Others of us exercised in the sense that we've gotten rid of the muscle. We pulled it out of ourselves yeah. and we can't do it, right? Yeah. And so you have to think about that in two different ways. Um Because of family of origin stuff and because of historical patterns and because of the myth of the soul hero, so on and so forth, many of us have built up this armor or we built up this vision that asking for help is admitting a weakness. Mm. So that's one thing. And that asking for help 
is a taking. If I ask you to help me, I'm taking something from you. Right? And I don't want to take anything from you. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to do it myself. And the third piece is I'm capable. Right? I'm capable. So that ties into the first one. Right? To ask for help means that you're not capable. It means that, you know, you're defective in some way. Mm -hmm. Because if you were able to do it by yourself, you wouldn't need to ask for help. Right? Yeah. Then two is if you ask other people for help, it's going to be a taking, which is going to set up an emotional debt. It's going to set up like at some point, like someone's going to have a favor on you. There's also that language that I've seen come up, Mm. right? I don't want to be on people favors because then at some point in time, they're going to ask me for something. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'm going to be have to like, I'm going to owe them. Yeah. Um, And then that third piece about just your image of the decisions that you've made and, you know, things like that. So I think those are three main issues that people have with that. Yeah. And so let's debug them one by one. Well, yeah, let's do that. And something that was just coming up for me as you were mentioning those three things is this seems to be, and this is, this may take us way off where we don't need to go and we can talk about it some other point, um, is it seems to be that there's this importance of you being in relationship with people that you can trust, mm-hmm. right? That trust you and you trust them that you're just taking care of each other, right? There's not a debt if you do ask for help. And to ask for help is, it's nothing more than like, hey, can you pass the salt, right? Anyway, so that that's going off on a tangent, no, but it, but ca- we're gonna it pull came back up, in because it it's a donkey thing me. all over again. Uh-oh, okay, the donkey. <laughs> We might have to change the title of this episode, too. Oh, no. <laughs> All righty. Um, so, yeah, we'll come back to that. Okay. So, the first one around um, it being a weakness. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna pull one and two together. Well, no, I'm not. So, it being a weakness is just understanding that, like, when it comes time to doing your best work, you actually can't do that by yourself. Mm-hmm. It's if you always aim to do work that you can do on your own without tapping into your network, without tapping into your guides, without tapping into your peers and supporters, you're always going to develop mediocre work. Always. Mm. You don't get your best work without asking for help and support. So just keep that in mind. It's not a sign of deficiency. It's not a vice to use that language. It's a virtue yeah. to learn how to tap into your network. And when you look around for different people who are just really owning owning the game and they're doing a you know great job out there, mm-hmm. they've got a whole team of helpers and things like that. There's like they learn how to delegate, they learn how to ask for help, they learn how to recruit other people into that. They're not doing it by themselves. Yeah. They are not doing it by themselves. Yeah. So that's one. And I'll pause there because people are like, but what about that writer? Because we have this view of writers, especially writers mm-hmm. and, and creatives. What about that person? They're in that cave. You know, if you are, you don't get to be Stephen King without having an editor. Yeah. You don't get to be whoever you think without having an editor, without having an agent that will back you, without having a publishing house that will pick you up. I mean, you don't have to go the traditional route, but if you don't have the publishing house, you got to have a whole ton of readers and people that are backing you. You mm-hmm. don't get to get be successful by yourself. Get over that. <laughs> it's a bad myth. Bad, bad myth. Two, the it's a taking thing. It's a taking. So imagine this. You're walking along in the road with your friend and 
you're not carrying a bunch of stuff, but they're over encumbered with all the stuff that they're carrying. You know, they, they're dropping stuff and have to pick down and pick it up and they're just having a hard time of it. In a situation like that, you wouldn't just be like, I'm walking next to my friend and they need, you know, some help, but I'm just going to have them carry all that stuff by themselves. You would do the very human thing and say, hey, can I carry something for you? Mm-hmm. I've got a couple hands. Can we redistribute that a little bit? Yeah. That's, it's the donkey thing all over again, right? Um, we wouldn't do, we wouldn't treat someone else that way. Mm-hmm. And especially when it's tapping into your genius zone and things that you love to do. Mm-hmm. Like if someone doesn't get that, someone doesn't ask you. To participate in a project that allows you to really display your talents and, you know, your genius, they've actually deprived you of a chance to shine hmm. when you think about it. Mm-hmm. So asking the people that you trust and those yaysayers to help, it's not a taking, actually. Mm-hmm. It's more of a giving. And think about what it feels like for you when someone includes you as part of their barn raising. Yeah. They include you as part of the process, so on and so forth. Now, I'm going to pause here because I make it sound like super easy. No, it's a practice. It's a hard practice. And I know all of this both because of the work I've done with clients, but because for like the last decade, and Angela knows this, that I've been focusing on learning to ask for help, Mm -hmm. recruiting other people into what I'm doing, um, being vulnerable, not trying to be Superman and, you know, all those types of things. I've been working on this for like a decade and... Mm -hmm. You know, that might not seem to be a long time for, for those of those of you who have walked the planet longer. But when that's been one of your significant personal journey things um, and you focused on it, then like you learn a lot about it. You see it all over the place. Yeah. So it goes back to the donkey thing. Like it's just a chance to for other people to share and help out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a quick thing. There's with your yaysayers and with the people that are your trusted people, you can always ask them if they're willing to help you mm-hmm. and you could do it in a way that doesn't make it like they have to say yes. Yeah. So I could say, Hey, Angela, like I'm having a hard time right now. No, ob- no like obligations whatsoever, but would you like to help? Or is there any way you like, would it feel good for you to help me with this? Mm-hmm. And she'd be like, I'm super busy. I can't, I would love to, whatever it is, but that's a way for her to be able to say like, Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Let me get in there. Or, you know, so you can ask people Mm -hmm. if it's like, you know, in their capacity to help you or if it's in the part of the desire. And then if they say yes, and then you're like, no, you can't help me. Then it's all sorts of awkward. Mm -hmm. Um, So the third is about what we actually started with is the story that you have. The third thing about this asking for help thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's goes back to what we were talking about with the decisions that you make in the story that you have about your own sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if, you know, I'm thinking of, um, thinking of one of Angela's friends whose mom died unexpectedly over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Right. She didn't plan for that. Um, she didn't think it was coming. She had no way of knowing like, and we wouldn't look at her and be like, Oh, well you've made all these other commitments. Like you got to see those through. Like, yeah. We'd be like, like, no, this is one of those things, right? Take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Things can lift and shift. It's okay, right? That's what we would say in that situation. Mm-hmm. But we would don't give ourselves that same sort of thing to say, right? Mm-hmm. So understand, it's kind of right on the first thing that I mentioned earlier about your best work and needing other people. Um, understand that, like, reality has this frustrating way of not showing up the way that you think it should. Mm. And ruin reality changes 
change your plan. Don't try to make reality fit your plan. That's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. It's a really good point. A really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's a hard bite to swallow sometimes, even though like once you get, (laughs) once you get it and you're like, okay, that's the piece. That's where you find the serenity. That's where you find the groundingness that you can move forward that next day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. That's incredibly helpful um, to think about it that way and how you're allowing people, right? Or you're inviting people and welcoming them to be of service um, to you. And then, you know, hopefully you're going to reciprocate and be able to do that, but not in a, in a you owe me kind of way. So yeah, absolutely. That's really beautiful. Underneath all of that, Take this in a direction that I don't think either one of us took it. Underneath some of that is just insecurity. Yeah. It's just insecurity and forgetting that you matter just as much as somebody else does. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you're willing to show up and support and celebrate and cheerlead and barn raise up for other people, mm-hmm. like it's because at an instinctive level, like they matter to you. Yeah. Right. Um, there's that. And there's also, you know, there's probably some ego tied up into that in the sense of you want to be the type of person to help and so on and so forth. So there's that too, Mm -hmm. but recognize that that mirror works just as well, right? You matter as well. Mm -hmm. And when you recognize that, um, I'll go Kantian here, right? There's, there's one of the, I think it's the second categorical imperative, but basically it's, it goes along the lines of, um, when you recognize that other people are ends in themselves, just as you are an end in yourself in the sense where you don't want to be used in certain ways, you wouldn't use other people that way. That actually extends on the positive side too. Mm -hmm. When you recognize that you count Mm -hmm. just as much as everybody else does and Mm -hmm. they count just as much as you do. Yeah. I think it can be incredibly helpful to drop some of these stories, right? Yeah. Because why wouldn't your friends help you? You've always been like, that's part of what it means to be in an interdependent relationship. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So we've talked about being, <laughs> being gentle with yourself, yep. right? Which we talked about talking about and we talked about it. Secondly, we've talked about how to communicate with people, right? And to let people know when you are overcommitted and asking for help. That third thing, right? Because we've all been there. We're, unless you are a miracle worker, you are going to be there again at some point. However, how do we try to not get there again? Um, Part of it is the margin thing that I mentioned okay. earlier, right? It's just giving yourself in your schedule. Like if you've got the standard eight hours a day to work. Mm-hmm. Don't plan on working eight full hours. Like that's a recipe for disaster. It just is. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, give yourself enough margin for time, mm-hmm. for your own physical energy, for your own emotional energy, um, social energy. You need margin as well. Like no matter how much of an extrovert you are, you need to like have some time by yourself to recharge or to at least rest. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then, um, we don't talk about this as much. Well, actually, we've had quite a few podcasts actually, or quite a few episodes about this, like financial margin as well. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. I know, um, a lot of us end up making choices around finance or making choices about how to spend our time 
based upon where our money is going or not going. Mm, and okay. so the more financial margin that you can build for yourself, the more options so that you, when you know that you need to do something different personally, mm-hmm. that your finances aren't driving you a different direction. So I think those are some different areas of like how to avoid the situation. Yeah. Um, just, you know, I'm a full throttle kind of guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> she just rolled her eyes at me. Um, <laughs> and I think it's easy to confuse what full throttle can mean. And so I keep coming back to that. You could be 100% focused mm-hmm. on something but still have still work at 80% capacity. And people often will think, and that was actually the name of the post. I forgot what it was. It's work at hundred percent focus at, you know, anyways, um, we'll link to it in the show notes. Okay. But what people confused is focus and capacity. Mm-hmm. You can be full throttle, full focused on whatever your best work project is, whatever matters to you now mm-hmm. and still not commit 100% of your time, energy, attention, money, and, you know, everything to it. Okay, I right. see. See yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I do. It's a nuance, mm-hmm. but it's an important one. It is. It is. Um, so giving that room to mar- for margin is really, really important. Two is, we talk about this so much, proactive communication. Mm-hmm. Letting people know where you are. Um, letting your, like, proactive communication in collaborative projects comes along, t- along um, excuse me, it, it's communicating with them, actually talking to people, having timelines, having deadlines. Mm-hmm. Oddly, proactive communication with yourself is actually doing your daily, weekly, monthly reviews so you see where your projects are. So you have that check-in time mm-hmm. to say, okay, self, here's where we said we'd be. Yeah. Oh, we're ahead. We're behind. Here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to shift. Here's how we need to prioritize. Here's who we need to go talk to. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, here's what we need to let go. So we normally don't talk about communicating with ourselves, so that's weird, right? But it's just doing that type of review, which from my my perspective, as you can tell, that daily, weekly planning or daily, weekly, monthly sort of thing is a way of communicating with yourself, your mm-hmm. past self communicating with your present self mm-hmm. and your present self communicating with your future self to be. Yeah. Right. Um, three is bright, shiny object projects. Like, just be really careful of those. Mm-hmm. And it's about choosing the projects that matter in the first place, right? Yeah. And what I can say right now, you know, I, I kind of started this with all the projects that I'm involved in. What's been so challenging is every one of them matter in a big way to me. Mm. There's nothing on the plate that I don't care about. Mm-hmm. And um, when you are living your own version of your good life, Mm-hmm. that can be a really big challenge. Maybe we'll talk about that in a, in a future episode yeah. in that it's easy when you're doing for different reasons, you're doing things that you don't like to do because mm-hmm. those you can quit at a certain point. You're just waiting on that day to quit yeah. and something better comes up. There's a completely different way of being in the world when everything on your plate is stuff that just, it matters. It's in a place of service and it's in your genius zone. If there's an economic engine that's powering that too, Mm-hmm. It could be really hard to let go of those yeah, because they all matter and you have to get into the game of which matters more. And it seems too like you talking about that actually brings me back to the team meeting that we talked about earlier a couple of weeks ago where we had um, 
you know, we had the whole team on the call and we all looked at November's objectives, right? Mm -hmm. And we looked at it and we're like, well, we have seven things up there. And we know that that is just untenable. It's not, it's not going to work. So we had to have a really good and somewhat difficult conversation about what are we taking off the board? Mm-hmm. Because all of these mattered and we wanted to do all of them. And it's a matter of thinking about what's a not now. What is, and it's important, and I am going to get to it, and I'm going to have to get to it in January mm-hmm. rather than November. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been a day of, of recommending past posts, but there are two posts that are actually yeah. relevant to this. The first one is no versus not now, mm-hmm. which is the basic idea. Sometimes when we say not now, we feel like we're saying no. Yeah. Two different things, right? And when life happens, sometimes you have to say not now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so one of the things we said not now to was um, moving into publishing um, two episodes of the of this of the show a week. Mm-hmm. We we want to do it. Yeah. And we had some things come up that just can't. Yeah. We can't do it well. And it's more important for us to at least make the decision to try to do things well. Mm-hmm. Right. Then to get into a point of overreach where we know we're not going to be able to do it well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no versus not now is one of those. The mm-hmm. second one is why straight why strategic planning is so hard for, for people. And the reason strategic planning is so hard for people is because when you get down to that core of what matters, there's a grieving because you got to let stuff go. Mm-hmm. Right. You got to let stuff go. And we have our darlings and sometimes our darlings are the ugly babies and we can't see it. Right. <laughs> We have those things that we've been telling ourselves, I'm going to do it this year. And then life happens. Or your schedule hasn't radically changed because of the ways that you're making decisions. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or we can go down, right? Um, and so that's why it's really, really hard when you get to that point to where you got to let, like you're looking at the plan. And the first thing, rather than taking the hard road of saying, you know what, it's hard, but I'm going to let that item go. Mm-hmm. Not now. I can't do it now. Yeah. We say, I'm going to do it. I'll make extra time. I'll X, Y, and Z that you don't do. And then everything suffers. And then everything suffers. Yep. Right. Um, and then you get into project debt. Mm-hmm. Right. Where you're, you know, all those things that happen. Angela's not, and she knows what's happening. You know, it's, it's probably happened to you too if you're listening to this. Right. And so I encourage you as much as possible to understand that that process of deciding what's really important to you at the high level and letting go of the stuff that's not, it's hard, Mm -hmm. but it's so worth it because it's going to help you avoid that day-to-day feeling like I'm all over the place and it's not getting me anywhere because it's not at the end of the day, it's not as important how fast you're building something, but that you're building something worth building. And I think when you get to the point where you can say, you know what, things haven't gone the way that I thought they would, and I'm doing my best work. Mm-hmm. This matters. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to keep doing it until I get to where I'm trying to go, is a lot better than just having everything sprawled out and just being pulled in so many different directions. 
And, um, you know, the deeper level of, of this is defining what you want your good life to look like, what you want your success to look like, rather than what everybody else thinks. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a conversation for another day, though. Yeah. So I think those three things would be proactive communicate or giving yourself some margin. Mm-hmm. Um, proactive communication. Mm-hmm. Um, regular planning the way that I talked about. So maybe it's four things, yeah. right? And the fourth thing being um, really choosing the projects and the priorities that matter most and stick to them. Mm-hmm. Understanding that that means that there's just a wide world of things that you're not going to be able to do. Yeah. And that's okay. Because no matter how capable you are, there's always something that you're not going to be able to get to. Mm-hmm. There's always something. Your reach will always exceed your grasp. Yeah. And when you come to grips with that and you use that as a way of deciding what matters most to you, Mm -hmm. then you might get to a point to where when you're looking at at your to-do list or you're looking at your plate, you're like, I've got way too much to do. Mm -hmm. You can start saying, you know what? Actually, I put too many things on that plate. I can let that go. Mm -hmm. I can communicate. I can ask for help. I can take my time and understand that maybe that deadline that I set was not nearly as important as these other priorities and values that I have. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you get yourself out of this nut that you, that we all can get in. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. It's incredibly helpful. <laughs> it, it's incredibly helpful. And I want to remind, it's like a practice, man. It is a practice mm-hmm. um, because I can guarantee you, uh, it might be three hours from now. It might be tomorrow. It might be Friday. I'm going to be sitting there thinking like, man, like I got to get all this done and I'm going to have to sit back and work and like, okay, what's the practice? Get some perspective. Talk to people. Ask for help. Um, proactively choose what I'm not going to do. Mm-hmm. Watch my story. Drive forward. Yeah. Yeah. Put it on a note card and remind yourself (laughs) what Charlie just said. (laughs) I need one of those Charlie apps and just like a little easy, like the Staples easy button. Oh, there you go. Boom. Right. Um, What would Charlie say? (laughs) That's weird. And bobblehead. Yeah. Bobblehead. Not so weird. All right, everybody. I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up there. That's a great place. Yeah. Um, So, Angela, you made it the entire episode without coughing and hacking. I told you, I totally she, she had it. Me. Mind over matter. I can do this. Now she's going to go crash for the I, rest of it. No, I'm going to just go cough for a little while. <laughs> All righty. Um, so we've got to do an obligatory high five. We've got a thing going. Oh, yes, we do. All right. Here so we here go. we go. All righty. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. Um, keep in mind that um, we're recording this right before the holidays. You'll get this, you know, Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Um, we want to thank you for being a part of this journey with us. Mm-hmm. And I just want to remind you that as things are sliding off your to-do list and on your to-do list over the holiday period, remember to check in about what matters. And it's about the people, the love, and just the gratitude that you have. You wake up and you're alive and you get to make a difference and you get to be inspired by other people. That's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful life. And until next time, stand tall. Thanks for listening to the Creative Giant Show. To find more tools and inspiration for creative giants, head on over to ProductiveFlourishing.com. 
Stand tall, creative giant.